Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturges, Mississippi. It is our goal to take the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you not only enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we hope and pray that it changes your heart and moves all of us to life change and action. God bless and enjoy. Through song, let me turn this off so you don't hear me twice. All right, we're in the book of Hebrews, chapter six, this morning. If you want to turn there in your copy of God's Word, and in this we're looking at the perils or the troubles of falling away. Now we live in a society in a world right now where everything seemingly is vying for our attention. There's a lot of things which can get even the most committed Christian down the wrong path if they're not paying attention. If they're not examining themselves, if they're not looking to God, we can easily take the wrong path. Now, this example given today is, is really wanting us to come back because I think that what Scripture allows for us is that we are seen in the same estate, but He wants us to come back. There's a way back. There's a way of restoration. There's a way of hope. There's a way that God provides over and over again for us who are willing to humble ourselves and to admit our sin and to come back to Him and He will govern and guide our paths yet again. So Scripture is sometimes honest. It cuts to the bone and marrow, doesn't it? Scripture says what it intends to say. You know, we were in Sunday school this morning and sometimes it was reminded that we sometimes gloss over things or we don't put enough emphasis and, and, and we minimize things instead of really focusing in on them. So this is a warning, but it's always love. When you and I know that God loves us, the warnings or even the, the way that we deal with life setbacks or, or sin is still messaged in there that he loves us enough to reprove us he loves us enough to give us a road back he loves us enough to tell us the truth he loves us enough to care for us he loves us so it gives us that warning it gives us that understanding of falling back but it also tells us with sin and repentance that we can get back on track so the first thing we must see within the passage of Hebrews chapter 6 is this, is that we must embrace a faith that is in a perpetual state of growth. I haven't, you and I haven't ever reached a stage or a point to where we have arrived. Now I know many well-versed, mature Christians that have studied the Word in and out, studied it for years on end, been around, been through things, and, and, and there's wisdom with that. But there's never a point that we need to stop pursuing God in our lives. That we need to stop pursuing the truths of Scripture. Because I have seen it in my own life that whenever I read a particular strand of Scriptures, it means a whole lot different in my life as I go through it. I might read a, a part of it with a subtle nuance that I never knew before, Maybe it's I dug into a concordance or dug into a dictionary or dug into a commentary or dug into a background commentary on something that was going on and maybe I saw it through a fresh set of eyes or maybe I was stubborn enough and I didn't want to listen and I made 
whatever it was mean what it wanted to mean as I was reading through it. And God said, no, there's a better way. And I want you to know that we can start growing in Him every day if we want to. Just because we haven't pursued Him, just because we haven't set ourselves in that way apart, doesn't mean that we cannot start today and embrace that growth. Because whether we have been a student of the Word for 50, 60 years, or yesterday was the very first day we called unto the Lord, we are meant to mature and grow. The Bible calls it a race. We are meant to continue. We are meant to pursue We are meant to go after Him. So this perpetual state of growth means that we are satisfied in Him, but we are not satisfied just knowing the basics, right? So it says here in Scripture, starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God of instruction and washings and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. So embracing that faith, continuing going forward, not going back into the old dead and dying ways of our former life. Because here's the deal. You and I have a past. How many of you have a past? Some of y'all are thinking, how do you know about my past? But, but, There's a lot of things we've been through in the past. That is the dead, the old, the former way of living. If we are a believer in Christ, that we are new creation, we're living differently than we have before. But if we're not careful, if we're not digging into the Word of God, if we're not pursuing Him in our thoughts, in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, in our decisions, in our choices, then we can easily be pulled in these directions that lead toward death and destruction. And so very much this scripture is saying today, it's easy to fall away. But here's the warning behind it to those who are falling away. The Bible uses a term called apostasy. And it is a denial of faith by those who once held it or professed to hold it. Now, how many of you in the recent years have read about Christian authors who said, I no longer believe that way, and they have fallen away? They have said, I deny this faith that I believe in, and it's because they are unwilling to deal with the sin in their lives, and so for them it's better or easier just to fall away. But the reality of it is, there's a stark warning in this passage, verse 4 says that, For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify themselves to the Son of God and put, put Him open to shame. So what's the reason? For this warning. Why do you think this is so relevant to us today? Because we have people who quote and say they believe in Jesus Christ, yet live so drastically different than that. Or make so many choices that doesn't indicate that. Or even decides, I'll just put 
some of the things of the world and some of the ways of the world and I'll just put them all kind of together. I'll still believe in Jesus and stuff over here, but I'll believe in this stuff over here the world's teaching me. And maybe another religion over here and all this. You know, I'll just cover all bases and there's danger in that because the world will tell you that you can have all the things that you ever wanted and believe all the ways that you wanted, but the Word of God says there is but one way. And Scripture leads that to us again and again and tells us how we ought to live. So there's a reason behind everything that God writes to us through these authors. There's a reason behind, the, and the reason is that He doesn't want to see any of you and I, any of His children, fall away. He doesn't want to see us go into the road of destruction. He doesn't want to see us go through the things we go through by our choice to sin. He wants us to pursue him at all costs. And so it says here in verse 7 and 8, the reason for this, for, for ground that drinks the rain, which often falls on it and brings forth vegetation, useful for those whose sake it is also tilled, receives a blessing from God. But if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed and ends up being burned. <coughs> so what does our life produce? <coughs> Times in Scripture, we often say like this, we are to be ones who produced much fruit, right? So if we're producing thorns and thistles, what does that do? That creates a detriment to others who want to believe, but it also endangers our lives too. And I'm not saying you're losing your faith. I'm saying you are going way off course and getting involved in things that, that are not of God. And so there's very much a warning for these people who, who, like many of us, know Jesus, have accepted Him, yet are going in the wrong direction and believing the untruths of this world. We are meant to be a blessing. We are meant to be those who extend the Word of God to the hearts of those around us. So, for us also, we see that there's a better path available to us. There's a better way. How many of you have ever, before you started out, maybe on a road trip, you've ever evaluated the best way to get places? Maybe you've, you've, you've went beyond that and you said, well, I have multiple routes to get places just in the event that one of these has a bridge out, or one of these has something wrong, or I get into an area where, where, you know, I just didn't expect. So you might have multiple ways. Maybe many of you, if you were looking at the job market, maybe you're, you're one that doesn't have a job at the present time, and so you're looking at all the offerings that are out there, and you're looking at all the things that are available to you. What are you doing in either of these two things? You're trying to choose the best way possible and choose carefully the way you ought to go. You're trying to make a better decision, an informed decision, a, a, a well thought out decision. For us, we know that God has a better way. He has an even better way than what we can understand and fathom often in time. So we must choose carefully who we follow. Hebrews 6 9 tells us this it says, But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. In other words, they could see God at work and the amount of grace and mercy that was there, and they could see what these men and women could do for the name of Jesus Christ. So sometimes we have to tell people that we've built relationships with the truth and love, don't we? 
Sometimes we have to, as we build those relationships and people know that we care and we love them, sometimes we have to have uncomfortable conversations. Sometimes we have to have conversations that we don't want to have. In fact, we might be ones who say, well, let me find somebody else to go have this same conversation because we don't like to say some of the things that need to be said. But the Word of God here is saying, look, there's a better path. You're going down the wrong road. You're allowing for the world to infiltrate your belief systems. You're falling away. You're, you're believing in things you ought not believe. I want to tell you the truth in love. And I feel like that these, these men and women are sitting here trying to discern all that's happening. But the one thing I hope that they walk away with is God loves them too much to leave them the way they are. Right? And that's what our friends and family do when they come with the right context, the right heart, the right mind. And, and even those who lead us in Bible studies and lead us and, and encourage us day to day. They're speaking in a way of better things that accompany salvation than just what they are so involved in. Well, there's so many things that, that we know about God. And one of the great things is how things connect together. Well, this past week... We were going over things with uh, Jack's homework and, you know, there's a thousand and one things you have to learn and things you have to do every week that they had to sandwich in to one of those things. Well, well, fortunately, one of the vocabulary words he had this week talked about God's justness, that God is just and what that means. And it's so important that we understand that God is just in his dealings with us. That we don't often get what we deserve, do we? That God shows us that favor, that righteous treatment. So what does it mean when He is just, when it pertains to God? We understand that Scripture tells us that God is perfectly righteous in His treatment of those He created. He shows no partiality. He commands against the mistreatment of others and executes vengeance on the oppressors. His justice... And his righteousness will always go hand in hand. See, Scripture teaches us that over and over again. That his justice and his righteousness are both within the same capable hands. So he comes to us in that very way. He shows us that better path. In verse 10 it says this. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name. In having ministered and in ministering to all the saints. And we desire that each of you, each one of you, show the same diligence so that as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. Here goes the full assurance of hope. How oftentimes do we get so bogged down in the ways and the things of this world and the troubles and the difficulties that the full assurance of hope is not at the forefront of our mind in the way that it should encourage us? We forget, right? We forget God's goodness. We forget God's provision. We forget what God can do and has done in our past that demonstrates what he's going to do in the future, right? So we forget that sometimes, but it says this full assurance of hope until the end so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. How many of you know that you and I as believers in Christ... We have a promise yet fulfilled. We have a promise that is to come. That the things that we endure in this life, they pale in comparison 
to the goodness of God and eternal life that awaits us. That as we close our eyes in this life, we open our lives to who Christ is. Welcome home. We're waiting for those words, right? We're waiting for the fulfillment of the promise of God. And if you've lived and you're growing and you're maturing in faith, you know that God's going to fulfill everything He says He's going to do, isn't He? God has been faithful. To me, to you, throughout Scripture, God has done everything that He says He will do. So it tells us don't be sluggish, meaning don't fall away. Don't allow for the world to pull you in a direction you didn't want to go. Don't step in a direction and a path that you don't need to take. Pursue after me. Be imitators of those who through faith and patient inherit the promises. How many of you have a, a giant in your life of biblical faith that you can look at? Maybe it was a grandparent. Maybe it was a preacher when you were growing up. Maybe it was one of your favorite Christian authors. Maybe it was somebody in the span of time in your life that you can look back to and say, they had it together. They were walking as they should. And I want to pull some things from their life too. But I guarantee you, every spiritual giant in your life and mine, we're going to look back as we look through them and look through their life. They struggled just like we do. Oftentimes, we don't know what everybody's going through, do we? We assume everybody's got it all together, don't we? Well, their life isn't as hard as mine. Theirs isn't as difficult as mine. They never made the decisions I made. But if we really look at the way the world is, sin is anything that separates us from God, right? So if a sin is out there, we know that there's a lot of us that struggle with sin, and we have more alike than we ever understand. But it says, inherit the promises. So what we understand is that God follows through with His promises. And I believe this, that while you and I waver, God never does, does He? Amen? Verse 13, it says, For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And, having, and so, having patiently awaited, he obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves, and, then, and with them an oath is given as confirmation is at the end of every dispute." So the takeaway from that is this, God never changes, even when it seems like everything does. God never changes. When you and I observe that we have a lack of control in our life, that doesn't mean that God is out of control. That means He's in control. And so when everything else seems to fall asunder, God never changes. Verse 17, in the same way, desiring even to show more to the heirs, of the promise and the unchangeableness of his purpose interposed with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope which is set before us his hope anchors us all doesn't it how many of you hold on to the hope that he has set before you when everything else seems like it's not going right How many of us hold on to the hope that Jesus has promised that He will return again in our lives? We hold on to the hope. We hold on to the hope because of salvation that's within us. We hold on to that. And His hope, this hope, anchors us all. Verse 19 says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which 
which enters in within the veil, which Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So God never forgets his promises. I was reading one of the illustrations on this, one of the, the, the commentaries that said it this way. An elderly Christian who was in much distress as he lay dying said this. He said, Oh, pastor, for years I have relied upon the promises of God, but now in the hour of death I cannot remember a single one to comfort me. Now knowing that Satan was disturbing him, the preacher said, My brother, do you think that God will forget any of his promises? Now a smile came over the face of this dying believer as he exclaimed joyfully, No, no, he won't. Praise the Lord, now I can fall asleep in Jesus and trust him to remember them all and bring me safely to heaven. For that man, peace flooded his soul. And a short time later, he was ushered by the angels into the light of God's eternal day. God never forgets his promises. God never forgets about us. He never leaves us. He never abandons us in that respect. So here's the questions that I want to bring to you this morning as we finish up here. What changes would need to happen for you to leave the elementary faith in your life behind? Maybe you're just at the beginning and maybe you haven't grown in your faith. Maybe you haven't pursued after Him. Maybe you don't know where to start. There needs to be a humble evaluation. And here's the other part. There needs to be God-led change that he equips you for everything that needs to happen. So there's some hard things we've got to do. But it's well worth it. Secondly, the world around us and its temptations pull. is tough to fight against. According to scripture, we have the spiritual armor that we need to fight this spiritual warfare. I think the battle in this world, although it seems like it's on so many affronts, the battle in this world is spiritual. And the battle is against those who stand with Christ and those who stand against Christ. It's very important that you know which one of those you stand with. And here's one of the reminders of Scripture that tells us you are not too far gone that God cannot bring you back. Hebrews 6 is trying to tell you that you're not too far off course where God can't bring you back. But you have to want to admit that you need His help and forgiveness and He will do something no one else can. He will restore you to His standard. Some of us think, well, I want Him to restore me the way I used to be. I want Him to restore me greater than I used to be. I want Him to restore me in the strength of His love and might wherever He sees fit. Because God's restoration puts me together better than I was before. Amen? He knows more. He will restore us. Thirdly, salvation, I believe, is available for every person. And for us who believe, it leads to the assurance of the believer. Which means this is that hope enduring to the end whose reward is in heaven. There was a poem by H.H. Hover that said this, full coverage is what it's called. It says, I have an insurance policy written in the blood of the Lamb, sealed by the cross of Jesus, redeemable wherever I am. The company will never go bankrupt. It is bonded by God's promise true. It will keep every word of His contract exactly what it says it will do. 
I don't have to die to collect it. No premiums do I have to pay. All I, have, all I do is to keep God's promise and walk in his holy way. No collector will ever come calling. It was paid on Calvary's tree. It ensures me for a living and dying and all for eternity. See, we can have confidence that every promise of the Lord will be fulfilled according to his timing and will. We know that everything he says he will do, he will do. So if you're here today and you absolutely don't know Jesus, today is a day you need to know him. Today's the day you need to listen to his calling in your life. Today's the day you need to respond to his love for you that tells you he loved you too much to leave you in your sin. So when he saw that, Jesus came to die for us once and for all, to provide a hope and a future that nothing else could provide. Will you come to him this morning? Maybe you're here this morning and you say, well, pastor, you know what? I am a Christian, but you would never know it. Or I'm a Christian that's gone off path. Or maybe I'm a Christian and I feel like that was talking about me and you're picking on me a little bit. That's called conviction and that's called the word of God telling you to come back, to come to him to find truth, to find love, to find mercy, to find grace at His feet because He will restore you. He will give you that firm foundation and He will give you that maturing faith that never gets tired of growing and knowing more about Him. So maybe you're here this morning and maybe you need to set aside some things in your life that you might be right with Him and in right standing. God has a place and a promise for you. Will you come to Him as you ought to? Let's stand and pray, y'all. Father God, we come on day. God, and we call unto you, and we ask for you to do what none of us can, God. God, reach down into our heart, God, and lead us in your way, in your path of righteousness, God. God, just move us who do not have that relationship with you, God, just to trust you today. Through salvation, find forgiveness. Through repentance, find that eternal life. And God, you are mighty to save. Even for the darkest, dingy one of us, God, you can do great things. God, if we understand sin separates us from you, then God, today, we've got to be willing in humility to set that sin in front of you. As ugly and nasty as it might be, God, and you will forgive us. Set us on firm ground. Give us a brand new start being born again in you. Father God, you're too good to us. God, you're too loving to us. Too grace-filled and mercy-filled to leave us where we are. So God, I pray for those who need to make that decision. God, I pray for many of us who are believers, profess we're believers, yet there's no indication of fruit in our life. Maybe we're bringing branches or, or, or briars in our lives that just simply don't produce fruit. And maybe today's the day we need to get real with how we're living. Maybe there's more of the world than it should be in our lives instead of more of you. Father God, I pray today we're willing to make the decision and the choice to give you our everything, to get back on path with you. Maybe we've fallen away and believe things we shouldn't believe, but your word calls us, beckons us back in right relationship. God, you can restore us if we're willing to come and be honest before you. Father God, you see our hearts you see our intentions. You see everything that's enveloped in us. And you love us anyway. So God, I pray in these next moments, 
as you're calling all of us to make a decision to, to believe in you for the first time, to get back on track with you, or maybe you've led some to find a church home at Friendship. God, we pray that you just motivate us in our hearts to make those decisions, God, that you've been leading us all along to. God, it's in your mighty name we give honor and glory. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship family today. Your time is your most valuable commodity, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share some of it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page. Both links can be found in the show notes below. Although we would greatly appreciate you leaving this podcast a rating or review, we would be eternally grateful if you would be willing to share it with someone else. We pray you have a God-filled day, and please remember, love God, love people, and reach the world.